Podmoth. Today, we bask in the light of mustachial greatness. This is my rich white mid-Atlantic accent. It's horrible. Anyway, I'm excited about this episode. We don't get to cover too many films from the golden age of Hollywood, mostly because, well, men didn't sack up and start sporting mustaches until decades later in films. Usually if there was a mustache, the person was sporting, uh, they were usually a villain or some shit like that. Well, that's not the case for William Powell, who is officially a mustachioso on the podcastio. We last covered him on My Man Godfrey, and now he is back in the 1937 romantic comedy Double Wedding. It honestly shocked me that this movie actually has some bits that made me laugh out loud. Like, I expected to chuckle. Like, there's always good jokes. But I straight up, like, laughed out loud. Of course, there's stuff that doesn't quite work now, but there's plenty to enjoy when, with this one. Well, without further ado, let's hop into our trailer, live a dope bohemian lifestyle, hang a dope-ass gong in our trailer, and punch the next person who speaks ill of the person we love square in the fucking jaw. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo. What is up? This is your host of the Mustachio Podcastio, Daniel Segura. So obviously, it is a no-brainer that I bring the wonderful human that first introduced William Powell to my life to guest on this episode. It's been way too damn long since this guest has been back to the show. Welcome back to the Podcastio, Brody. How are you doing? I am doing great. <laughs> I am Brody Black, and I use she, they pronouns, and it's great to be here. Hell Yeah. <laughs> you are back. It's been a little bit, so I and I I've been listening to you a lot. You since you've been on my show, I think you've probably been on a good amount of podcast episodes here and there for yeah. other shows. I wasn't hearing my coming out story because I was I was trying so hard not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, wow, look at her. She's flying. She's spreading her wings. Mm. Yeah, I think um. Definitely, I'm, I'm sure that um, there's plenty of other shows that people can enjoy your commentary on. I know you've definitely had some, like, I remember specifically, I think, Jennifer's Body on Bloody Bits. Yeah, right? and uh, for Pride Month, I uh, did Sick Nurses. I have not seen that movie. Oh, okay, you need to see the movie, and the podcast is, I like, the inch, like, I actually have people saying, like, tune into the first 30 minutes, because the first 30 minutes is just me talking. <laughs> Because that was one of those that came out, and I was like, I'm going to watch the movie first, and I will. I downloaded the episode. I just need to watch it. I, I promise you won't regret it. It's a whole bunch of models hired to be victims in a slasher film, so you're watching a whole bunch of beautiful women get murdered. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> I, I, it's interesting. What, what year did that movie come out? Like 2008, I think. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I definitely need to see that. I'm sure it's... It's Thai horror. It's a fantastic film. Like, no one else saw it, and there's literally one other podcast that covers this movie. One. Wow. Well, bloody bits, you know. Eddie and Tim, they are on the pulse of horror movies. Uh, I will give them that. Uh, love them a lot. I'm going to actually be on their show soon, but we're not in the plugs right now, so we'll, we'll talk of about course, that of later. So, tell me... What made you want to bring back the good old William Powell? 
he's okay he's so classic and in this movie he's with Myrna Loy who's going to be his oh, yeah. regular companion for all of his thin man se- like movie series which is fantastic and well written and so the chemistry he has with Myrna Loy is so delicious <laughs> and like it is it, and, and she's so aggressive and they're so aggressive with each other it's that same energy as the Adams family where you're like okay yeah, there's a thin line uh, with them. It's it's the makeup sex must be amazing um, because they do have. It's like he's they're so opposite that it just creates this fusion, this like weird energy between them two, and it's it's marvelous and it's so funny too. I think he makes her funnier by just having that little back and forth, and she she actually becomes quite hilarious as the movie goes on because she's so uptight early on and so in control of everything and you keep like i give you options and every time like you always pick like the rarer pick and i'm like there's a film where he's with marilyn monroe (laughs) (laughs) and you're like no no no. i want something from 1938 that sounds cool (laughs) i'm like okay you know there's the one the movie series he's known for the thin man and you're like what about the one where he's a bohemian and he lives in a trailer (laughs) that sounds good yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that happens, but I just saw that I saw the trailer of the movie and I just loved it. I love there's so many good little parts that come out of nowhere that I just didn't expect and oh, I couldn't wait to watch it. It's fantastic and it like it changes for genres throughout the piece, which is my favorite part cuz like you're like, "Oh, it's going to start off as like a witty banter thing and it degrades to a point where you're like, "What?" is this that's happening yeah it turns into kind of a three stooges-esque energy quite out of nowhere but it's funny like it works for the it works for the movie i and at the same time it's still witty and clever because you need to be clever for that physical shit too oh totally but there's also some like totally nc-17 jokes that will slide in throughout i'm so excited to explain them to everyone Well, without further ado, let's start breaking into this movie. It, it actually does get going fairly quickly. Um, I love the fact that it opens up with William Powell just looking right at the damn camera. And he's saying, um, I, I don't really, he's doing an Agbar uh, storyline, which I guess is a Middle Eastern type story. I, I'm uh, not that familiar with it. It's like with Prince it. of Arabia style, like, okay. bit, you know, if you've watched that classic. I thought he was referring to Colonel Akbar from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> God, of course he did. <laughs> but he's pretty much giving the closing scene of the film. There's there's an actor next to him listening, and quite passionately, we we find out her name is Irene, uh, played by Florence Rice. She does a great job as well, and uh, she is pretty hype about the movie script. And William Powell plays Charlie Lodge, and he mentions that uh, this movie could make her a star. All they need is a guy with a lot of dough, a camera, some some Arabs, and this dude next to him says, "In a desert." <laughs> This dude next to him is he's catatonic. He's a this guy is maybe one of my favorite. At first, I couldn't stand him, and he grew on me so quickly. Uh, this was it, Waldo Beaver. It is, and in the parts of the time, he's a drip. Yeah, he's a total drip. He is the. Um, I don't even know what would you what would you refer to him as now and nowadays? Like what what would that be? Somebody I'm still that's... antiquated, so I say milk toast. But like, I mean, maybe you want to go with basic. <laughs> yeah, it's just a basic ass dude. He's just white bread, you know. There's not really a lot to him. He comes across kind of like a Jimmy Stewart, but on a lot of opium. Oh, oh, who's that cartoon dog? Droopy dog. 
Droopy dog. Yeah, just super. Like, I don't think he ever makes any faces other than calm face. He has resting chill face. And he's kind of already getting worried because it's getting the it's morning time. They've literally been reading about this movie all freaking night inside this trailer that Charlie owns. And he tells them, we got to get back. Like, you know, Margaret's going to get super mad. Her name's Margaret, which is a weird. Not Margaret. Name. Not Margaret. That would make sense. This is Margaret. <laughs> I cannot stand saying that. I might mess it up at some point, but yes, Margaret. And she is the older sister who's apparently a real pain in the ass. She even arranged Waldo and Irene's relationship. And uh, so He has a quote insane. here. He says, I should have thought of it myself, but she explained it to me. <laughs> He's such a tool. It's so good. So they head to their home to see Margaret. She mentions that she called the judge and arranged to have their wedding already. Like, she arranged their wedding to be held the first week in May on a Sunday. Which, by the way, my wedding was on a Sunday. Totally ruined everybody's Monday, including my own. So, I would never Planet get married. for a Saturday or, like, a Friday. Like I know. I don't even remember why we did it. I was just kind of yes-ending at the time. <laughs> I don't know. We just ended up on a Sunday. I felt bummed about that. I don't know if I'll ever get married again, but if I do, it will not be on a Sunday. It will be on a Saturday. We're going to get all fucked up. There's going to be strippers. <laughs> the hangovers will be have time to recover from. Yes. So she tells her uh, she tells her gardener, Angelo, to get rid of all the weeds and to oil up his bambino. Is that his baby? <laughs> yeah, yes, bambino. Like, first of all, like, I like it. It's like, um, it's like white people walking up to like Latino people and going like, hola. And you're like, please stop. That's what I thought she was doing, but I, I'm not, I wasn't 100% sure. Oh, was no, like, that weird. is. That, that's, that's like the, I learned one word of your culture. I'm going to throw it in here like it's cool. Because yeah, it's a fun word to say. I will say that. I mean, Bambino is kind of fun. But she's like, make sure to give the Bambino castor oil. Because she's like, how's the baby? And he's like, oh, the baby's good. She's like, good. Then water the lawn. Yeah, she's like, good. Now get back to work, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, damn it. I know. Like, I actually put in a note here. I was like, Bambino, damn you for making me watch these 30 movies that speak a language I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that language is Italian. That is, and I don't know it. So, but yeah, you're right. Maybe I need to focus on learning a little Italian every now and then instead of just making fun of the accent like a piece of shit when I do Luigi Cozy. Luigi <laughs> Cozy. So, uh, anyway, Margaret has set up a meeting with Waldo and Irene so we can talk. I think he, she set up a meeting with her with um, her pal. I don't know if that's her boss or what, but I think uh, that's, her, that's one of her investors. Oh, that's who Bly is. Okay. Wow. All right. So apparently Waldo does inventions. And so she's like, I set up a meeting so you can talk about your inventions. I'm like, what the fuck is Waldo inventing? I mean, <laughs> seriously, like, unless like, he's like inventing like, a, some weird fabric piece to like collect other people's sweat and sadness <laughs> like i don't know what he's doing i've created a leaning chair i mean seriously like relaxing and like being sad is all this man knows oh it's so good it's so good and and we actually do get some commentary from irene about this because she tells waldo that he's very strong alone but a total mouse in front of people and he mentions i'm just agreeable i don't know what you mean <laughs> And she's ranting and shit, and he's obviously going off into his own world. And he and she's like, "What are you thinking about?" He's like, "I'm just. We should probably get some sleep if we got to be at that meeting by three p.m." And I'm like, "Oh my god, backhand this man! What is uh, wrong okay. with him?" Okay, one of her lines is great. She's like, 
I bet she she's only arranged this marriage. She did everything for us. Like, if this happened, you do this. And she keeps going on. And eventually she ends with a line like, I suppose if I don't make a good wife for you, Margaret will divorce me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she did kind of say it in a sense where she was joking, then realized that could really happen. <laughs> oh, no. Margaret could be like, no, you're, you're kind of a shit wife. You need to leave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so after that, we we actually head to their, I think she's getting, they're all both, which I guess isn't tradition anymore. You don't get to try on your tux and your wedding dress together anymore. And it's supposed to be bad luck to see your wife in her wedding dress, but they're doing it together. All wedding traditions are only 30 years old and never forget that. These people will try to con you to pay for like all these traditions. They're about 30 <laughs> years old. Um, men wearing wedding rings is only about like 40 to 50 years old. Really? Because I would have been happy to not wear one. I would have worn like a necklace or something like that or a watch. But I'm a barber. Like, I don't want to wear a fucking ring. I'm not a fan of it. I actually lost. Um, I didn't lose my wedding ring ever, but I did lose the promise ring, which is another fucking thing that they tricked us into doing. That, that's also a new one. And that was up there with that whole like sex until, like after marriage shit. Oh, I didn't even know that's what it was for. Cause that oh, was yeah, totally no, that, yeah, nah. Like that was supposed to be like. <laughs> true love waits is the concept of the promise ring but like true love don't wait no true love comes hard <laughs> oh my god oh i might have to take that out so but everyone knows i won't so uh we find out here that waldo is actually a distant cousin of their family and which no is disturbing <laughs> and margaret actually gives the entire entire family tree description she says Waldo's a sort of distant relative of ours. Mother, you know, was was a Leslie. I guess that was the last name. The son of her brother, Edward Leslie, married one of the Boyer girls and Boyer and sister. Hermione married Steve Carroll, divorced Steve, and married Elmer Beaver, who had three brothers, Andrew, Paul, and Alexander. Andrew was married twice. His first wife was a Brewster. His second wife was the widow of Martin Thomas, Caroline Cook. Andrew and Caroline, I said Caroline, Andrew and Caroline were the parents of Waldo, and she goes, get it? And then Mrs. whatever name, Bly, says, nope, I don't get I, what the I, fuck you did. By the way, this woman, rocking the fucking movie. <laughs> she is, she's so good. She, like, she's like the, she's the older woman who gives no fucks and tells you how it is, and she is fantastic. Yeah, she reminds me of, like, a cool aunt. <laughs> she just does whatever she wants. She kind of is just confident and just kind of boisterous. Uh, for the time, because, you know, women were just, like, always trying to be so proper. And she is just fucking saying it as it is, like you said. I, I do enjoy her character. And she gets only better as the movie goes on. So then Wald Waldo is present at the dress uh, fitting for Irene, and um, they're uh, hanging out. And at some point, I think we see uh, we see good old uh, freaking Charlie kind of going room for room but I think before that there's like a, a little meeting that's between. not we're not there yet we're at the like uh the next thing is the uh the office so we head to that's the office right. and uh the old dame is talking about tax loss and she's like look I invested into this to lose money which like I'm like that's so sexist of you really thank you for that um because <laughs> you, you invest in this dress shop hoping to lose money and then you're upset that she's making it yeah and so at this Hilarious. point, it's, re it's revealed that um, Margaret's, oh God, I hate that name, her mother picked out Waldo. So it's not even actually Margaret, by the way. Mar like, she's just carrying the legacy of her mother at this juncture. Okay. And uh -huh. so the old dame is like, well, what about you? You're going to get married? And she's like, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I'm too busy about to get married. Yeah. 
She and is, so, uh, fuck, she is setting her ways of making that money. And, like, and so little Dan goes, like, hey, like, look, like, Catherine the Great was busy controlling, like, how many thousands of people and how many countries, and she still got hooked up. You can do that. <laughs> and she's like, look, I've read Byron. I've, I, I've, I've, I've been in some rumble seats. Like, I know what's going on. And the old dame goes like, look, there's nothing you can't tell me about rumble seats. <laughs> she knows what's up with a rumble seat for sure. Oh, I, I fucking love that. Like hooking up in a car is this old. We're in the 1938 <sighs> and this woman is like elderly and talking about fucking in rumble seats. You know, <laughs> I, I, I do really enjoy some of those. That's something that I think some people would miss, you know, because who, who says that anymore? Nobody says rumble seats. So, oh, and, and shout out to Charlie who does probably fucking rumble seats. Oh, Charlie, that's pretty much his priority is rumble seats. I mean, it's the reason why I got a trailer because it's kind of like fucking in a car in a way. Uh, it's got wheels at least. Uh, and I, I do like the part where she they talk about, I think, uh, they mentioned something about being able to watch the sunrise. And she's like, Oh, I, I have do. that line. <laughs> yeah, what does she say there? Have, she says, Ever watch the sunrise with a guy you're just nuts about? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I do watch the sunrise in the Alone, morning. <laughs> when I, I'm still awake from doing work. Oh, sorry, no, when should I wake up early to do work? And I'm like, that is not how you want to she's sunrise. Like, uh, yeah, she's like, I mean when you stay up late. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be fucking and then seeing the sunrise. Like, I love that this is, like, 1938, like, compared to 1942, Far's film gives no fucks. Because exactly. we will hear the word orgy in this movie. Yeah. It's a very, it's bohemian. And, you know, maybe the whole bohemian motif, that maybe that's how they got away with kind of, being able to be a little bit more open because like, well, that's the point of the movie. But I do like that Margaret is so controlling. She even arranged their honeymoon in Bermuda because she doesn't want them going to California and get that acting bug even more. So she is that manipulative about their life. And Charlie goes along. This is when finally we get Charlie's going along the dress shop looking for Irene. He actually does go into the room with Margaret and she thinks that he's like, what, a paper hanger? I don't even know. What she, I don't know. It's an occupation that doesn't exist anymore. I presume they mean like paper. someone who hangs wallpaper. Oh, okay. She's like because he says they get to look like that. Yeah, they get to look like that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means, but it feels disrespectful, bitch. <laughs> I, I love that he like the third door he finally gets to is the couple, but the first one like is no one. The second one is like it's it's like clearly a naked woman is the implication because he sort of lingers oh, he there's looks a, a shriek yeah. and like it's a good pause <laughs> it's like damn girl <laughs> he got it working he must have caught her at a good angle oh my god and uh he does eventually run into them and he says they're up on the platform together just kind of holding each other he's like what are you trying to do pretend to be a wedding cake <laughs> or something like that <laughs> and he gets really fired up about about margaret's control over them and he, he's like i have the right to tell her something about what's on my mind and he starts walking his way to their off on her office and they for the record stop her. this is because he's controlling bitch yeah yeah it's like you got two people that have want to have influence on two other people and they're fighting over which one's going to have the most influence on them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much his style. Um, and I do like the little bit of some practical, I mean, physical comedy where he's like trying to work his way to her office and they drag him all the way down. And he's like on his like little slippery dress shoes. So he slides across the freaking carpet. 
And eventually they're doing a little shouting match. And eventually Irene tells him, like, for me, could you please just get over this and let's move on? And he's like, okay, fine. I will. I will. But you need to at least come over to that Spike's place um, and let's, you know, work on some scenes or whatever. So Margaret's butler, uh, they're over at her house. And he's a total fucking narc. <laughs> oh, this motherfucker. Like, Oh fuck! Seriously, like he's, he 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 sells everyone out for like a dime, and he's lazy about it. Yeah, he's not even good. He talks a big game, but you can tell just from his demeanor that he's a total goofball. And he mentions that Irene and Waldo left after Margaret went to sleep that night before, and he said that they went to Spike's place. Um, and also, he remembered that I think um, that Charlie's tr- car was like super freaking loud and annoying, and it was like kind of ratchet (laughs) oh i i I have a quote here the gentleman was small but he was noisy wasn't small but he was noisy too (laughs) (laughs) so the car was small and noisy and apparently the gentleman is also noisy (laughs) damn butler (laughs) and so um he says that he he he's a really good detective and that you know he would have caught dillinger if he would have caught him but they couldn't get a hold of the commissioner on the phone or some shit like that (laughs) also apparently side note here apparently godfrey sorry Apparently, Charlie has a rumble seat, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So then we jump to Spike's place, and this is actually a really fun scene. This is probably one of the first ones where I really started laughing because, of course, none of us are surprised that this Waldo Beaver is a hot garbage actor. He's just wearing a tablecloth as a headscarf. Uh, just looks like a complete weirdo. And Charlie mentions that he's supposed to be a hot-blooded Arabian man. And Waldo is, like, basically giving off his lines like he's on Ambien. <laughs> Not really awake. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Come uh, here, my little desert flower. <laughs> There's a point where he's supposed to touch her, and he straight up has his his hands closed as fists, and he just lays them on her shoulder. <laughs> What the hell is that? <laughs> and eventually he grabs her shoulders. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? That is the least romantic way to – like you're not a robot person. Oh, God. And then eventually Charlie then does the rendition of the part, and he, of course, does great because it's William Powell. And he ends up – I mean he's still your girl without trying. Oh, dude. Like right in front of his face. Like this guy gets cucked the fuck out just the way, just the way Tim got cucked when we did that poll the other day. Uh <laughs> And uh, I hope he's listening to this episode. I do, too. <laughs> and it's really hilarious. He goes in for the kiss, and she's definitely enjoying the moment. Um, she could be acting, too. Who knows? But it is very passionate. And then Margaret runs into the club, of course, right when Charlie's kissing Irene, which looks really fucking awkward. And she poo-poos all over the fun. Man. <laughs> she reminds me of my sister Angela a little bit. My sister Angela is so good at, like, and I know she doesn't listen to this show, <laughs> but she is one of those. She will poo-poo on the fun if it is something she does not want to do. She has that. And she is also a little bit controlling. So, yes, Margaret definitely reminds me. Like, Angela basically forced me to go to college. She made sure I didn't get anyone. Like, she would just, like, scare me into, like, you will not get any girls pregnant. <laughs> like, okay. Because oh, that's how that works. Like, like I, sperm listens to just general advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen to fear. I'll tell you that. I was, I was like, okay. All right, I won't. She's like nine years older than me. 
Oh God! So uh, then Charlie tells Margaret that she should stay. He could, she she could play Lady Veer de Veer, uh, Irene's, uh, or at least in the in the play that she's the snooty sister who's actually a terrific drunk. <laughs> I was like, I like that. Oh, that's great. And they have a little back and forth. Margaret calls it um, adolescent bohemianism. She lets Charlie. Char- if you actually right. let me step in here, for yeah, a no, sec. go ahead. So he yeah he goes like. So how is it up there? Pretty cool? And she goes, you're trying very hard to be whimsical, but you're really succeeding in giving a very good imitation of a half-wit. <laughs> it's so, that is like the most clever, like, kick in the chicklets I've heard in a bit. I was like, ooh. Oh, oh, no, no. And she, she absolutely goes like, oh, so like you're putting on this big fucking act. She's like, don't tell me. When it comes to time for ice cream, you don't order vanilla. You make sure you order like pistachio. And he's like, Actually, I like peppermint, and she's like, "Of course you do." <laughs> and he does mention that you know, hey, he didn't come from any privilege or anyone. No one tried to control his life or give him anything to do. He kind of just did whatever the hell he wanted to do, and he's been doing whatever the fuck he wants, and it's been pretty good. And she's like, "Well, that's your fault. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> he, she's like not having it, and she's going with them. Margaret's taking them out of the place, and he says, go ahead, run away, little puppies, and that gets her really fired up. She, like, turns around, closes her fists up. She does that little thing where you're, like, your your hands are on your hips, but you're just kind of, like, or they're near your hips, and you're just kind of, like, oh, fucking, you're just shaking them. And she calls them a dissolute, conceited vagrant. (laughs) Even though it's so hard to even call Charlie this, because he is, like, the most charming son of a bitch with the mustache I've seen. Um, and he and he is just pissed off at the fact she called him a vagrant. Oh, and at some point she calls his good friend um, an ape, uh, which is a little returning joke throughout the movie. Uh, who's there with them? Because there's a couple of other characters throughout this Spike's place. There's um, there's like the some guy playing violin, and then a couple of other guys that are probably bartenders or they work the bar, and. They are not there. They were not having they're like kind of like the comedy happening behind the comedy. And so that's something I really did touch on. But there's a lot of stuff that's happening. That's kind of funny. There's so much background stuff we can't cover. Yeah. Like but like it will it's building up and we'll come back to this. I promise you. So like these guys in Spike's Place are these people keep coming back. Every time there's Spike's Place, these people are here. Yes. (laughs) They are lifers. So they storm out and. I think uh, I think Waldo says he wants to take a shower, and then Margaret says that it makes you lose your hair. So you're gonna wear a shower cap, and he goes, "Okay, yeah, okay." <laughs> uh, and for for a moment, um, Waldo tries to step up. We're back. We're back at the house with Margaret, and he tries to step up for a second. This is a common thing that happens. Is he's like, "You know what? <laughs> I'm your bitch." <laughs> he just doesn't know how to do it. He just takes it from her, and I think Irene gets fed up with it, and she, what does she do here? She kind of like. She's like, I'm in love with someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm no longer, I'm not going to marry him. Not in love with him. I'm in love with someone else. Oh, she just keeps it up there. And, oh, God, and Waldo just Uh, takes it like a champ. (laughs) And meanwhile, like, her her sister's like, well, who do you love? She's like, is that, is it that layabout? And she's like, yeah, it's Charlie. I love Charlie. I, like Irene's now going to just be like, "Yep, that's it." Just to kind of mix it up, and I don't know if this was partly to piss both of them off, just to see. Oh no, it's both right? of them. Right, and she says he has yumph, which is like the word they're trying to make happen in this movie, 
and they need to stop, but they keep saying yumph. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, I guess, swag now. And oh, yeah, yeah, no. And uh, uh, and even even Waldo is like, no, I get it. Because I think Margaret confronts he, him. He's like, he has yumph. <laughs> He's like, no, but I understand. He's got yumph. <laughs> Like, and, and meanwhile, like Margaret's chewing like him out, and she's going like, instead of going like, instead you go to them on their orgies, and I suppose you're the chaperone. And I'm like, you just said orgies. Yeah, yeah, she's really throwing it out there. She's <laughs> he is not happy. This is a 1938 movie, and they just said orgies. <laughs> and she, I like there's a chaperone at an orgy. <laughs> and um, Margaret storms off. Um, she's super pissed off. And at the same time, I love how much, like, I just love how much Waldo is so infatuated with Charlie's friendship. Like, he's like, oh, he lives in this RV, and it's really he's cool. He's the best. <laughs> and she's like, I don't give a fuck. And she just closes the door, like, while he's mid-speaking. Like, nobody gives a shit about poor Waldo. And um, eventually he... Uh, I think Irene goes to go get some sleep and he's so sweet. Like he is a sweetheart. Like Waldo grows and grabs his jacket and he puts it over her and she calls him a little sweetheart. And she asks him like, do you mind like the fact that I'm infatuated with Charlie? And he's like, no, I don't mind. And she's like, Oh God, this dude has no fucking huevos. Like he's just completely falling apart. All he has to say is I like you, but like motherfucker, you had to marry the girl. Just build us say that. Exactly. And so Margaret walks into Charlie's trailer, makes herself at home. I love the soundtrack, by the way. There's like the music is so good at like capturing the mood of each scene. Super good. That's one thing I didn't touch on, but love the music. Uh, Charlie wakes up because she accidentally rang his gong, um, and I mean an actual gong. She didn't like <laughs> she didn't like flick his dick. That should be like <laughs> rang your gong should be like if you flick a guy's cock. <laughs> um, and he wakes up. And normally this means that there's a phone call for him at Spike's place. And I love how, like, adamant Charlie is about, oh, no, you can't do that. That's inappropriate. Don't hit the gong unless it's a phone call. <laughs> he t he doesn't takes it so serious. It makes it really hilarious to me. That's his, that's his stupid fucking gong, and you have to appreciate it. <laughs> and we find out Charlie's an artist. Like, this guy, he's got a nice portrait. It's a good painting of market. She looks good. Yeah, she does. And she's a little... She's a little taken back because he starts complimenting her beauty. He even says that she's even more beautiful than her sister. Like Irene's very pretty, but you like you look even more beautiful. Mostly because he says something about her face. Like it, it's almost like all the like jaded bitterness that she holds <laughs> creates like <laughs> this elegant palette uh, across her face. And she's wearing like a nun's habit at this point. Yes, yes, she is not like. She's definitely not like she's wearing it off. this hat. She's wearing this hat that looks like an actual like nun covering. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't take long for her to just start blowing up on on put on poor Charlie and and she says that he's distracting Irene from the things she's supposed to be doing, like getting married and you know having like a normal um, all American bullshit life. And uh, Margaret says that she can't permit Irene being with Charlie. And Charlie mentions, hey, uh, you can't dictate love. And Margaret is like, I'm not about the love stuff. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what she says. I mean, to be fair, she isn't. Yeah, she's telling the truth. Uh, she's about that making some money and just living 
just doing the work so you can just coast and just enjoy the. But honestly, Margaret's never coasting. Like she's like literally working all the time. She's always on the phone. It's uphill every single yeah, day. It's not great. So then, uh, yeah, she forbids Charlie to have any further communications with her sister, and he gets fired up and he tells her that she's being rude as shit. And um, <sighs> and she hit his damn gong. She lets she left cigarette butts all over the place because she smokes like a mad person. And she talked mad shit. So he goes, you know what? You treated me like the like the uh, workers at uh, whatever that place is called, Spikes. I'm gonna act Spikes like place. yeah, Spikes place. I'm gonna act like okay, one of their but before, but, but before we get there, before we get there, there's a couple terrific lines. Yeah. Because at one point Charlie goes, "What were you gonna say?" And she goes, "Would it have made any difference?" Yep. And then there's another great line where, at this point, Charlie realizes he kind of likes her a little bit. He's like. You know about two people in love. Either they like each other enormously or they pretend to dislike each other enormously. Yeah. And she says, I'm afraid you've got me confused for so-, uh, so and, and sorry, he also later on says, I'm afraid you've got me confused for someone else. I'm a vagrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he, he's still pissed. Like, he is still living on this line. <laughs> she Like, she's rent-free in his head at this juncture. So anyway, at this point, he says, like, hey, you're going to treat me like one spikes where I will treat like one, like, I will be one spikes where and you can go with this. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way he stands up for himself here. He's so she's like his she's like the perfect um challenge, you know, because he's one of those he has a completely different ideals in her, but he's just as clever and smart and just knows how to handle himself. So there's a lot of good back and forth. I do it is kind of hilarious where he just says, "Well, I'm going to be like one of those bouncers right now." And he just grabs her and literally he heaves her. <laughs> heaves her. He's taking her by the back of, like, two hands in the back of her, her clothing and throws her out until she hits a fucking wall. Oh, my God. It is crazy. It's good. I'm like, it's damn, so she good. was able to land on her heels pretty well. I was like, oh, God, I thought she was going to eat shit. Those are heels. Is she in heels? I'm not sure. She, they're low heels, but they're still yeah. heels. Um, I have vintage reproductions of these heels. They're about, like, one and a half to two inches. Oh, yeah. Damn. Like, you're still having to get your balance when you fall. Oh, yeah. You don't want to freaking destroy an ankle. So uh, we get back to Margaret's place, and it's like it's like Downton Abbey in this place. He's got the nice butler <laughs> being a snooty asshole to everyone, um, including um, the guy with the Bambino. <laughs> oh, the Angela's outside, and, like, the, 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 the stupid fucking guy is telling him, like, look, the waiter, like, he's telling him, like, it's, like, you need to water the lawn today. He's like, well, I was supposed to water it yesterday, but they said it was going to rain in the paper. So she said, told me not to. He's like, well, I don't care. You're watering it today. And she's like, okay. okay. <laughs> I guess I'll water it. Because the butler's insisting he do this. Because, of course, the butler's conveying the message. She can't even talk to him herself. I know. Like, He's got to be the one to fucking push him around. It's so oh annoying. Oh, my God. Like, sending sending a servant to tell a servant what to do is, like, a special level of help. Yes. <laughs> That's why it reminded me of Downton Abbey because the butler in that in that show. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but the butler has like a influence on everybody. He's almost like the boss of all the all the servants. Oh, they, he's the highest person yeah. there is, and so he gets to use that weight. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, you're a dick. No one likes you. Yeah, exactly. So then, uh, Margaret has uh, um, has her butler, who like we find out is was an actual detective at some point in his life. Um, apparently, he was squeezed out by crooked politics. <laughs> Uh, sure sure buddy that's what they all say like this is some like real like QAnon shit he's about yeah, exactly and she says i want you to find everything out you can find about charlie lodge and right away he goes fake name <laughs> fake name it seems good 
such a piece of shit. And uh, and he 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 starts to start uh, assuming like, oh, is there something? Is this blackmail situation? And Margaret's like, don't worry about that bullshit. Don't make any assumptions. Just do exactly what I tell you to do. Damn it. And he's like, oh. she asks. She asks him like, how were you as a detective? He's like, I was the best of the forest. And then she just pauses and goes, my my, how we all missed being killed in our sleep. <laughs> He gives her this face like, oh, God, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. So, uh, and she really does think that possibly Charlie is some criminal who's trying to get away from something. And Margaret calls for Charlie. And, and of course, we finally find out what this gong is, you know, what they do with this gong. So the, they call, he calls, she calls the bar. They grab a BB gun, give it one quick pump, shoot the gong from the bar. Charlie wakes up. Goes on to the heavy rain. After putting on a fur coat. With, yeah, he has like this super thick ass fur coat. This is a luxury fur coat. This is not fucking possum. Yo, this looks legit. And uh, I wouldn't imagine how expensive that is now. Um, and he gets a ratchet ass umbrella because it's raining cats and dogs outside. And he heads over. And yeah, it's Margaret on the phone. I think she makes up some excuse about forgetting her compact. It, yeah, which yeah. of course she didn't forget her compact. No, no woman forgets her compact. It's in your purse. You don't take it out of your purse, put it on a counter, and then fucking leave it there. Compacts are expensive now. They were expensive then. Very true. So he knows she's bullshitting. And she. By the way, back then, compacts weren't plastic, they were made of metal. So if you forgot it, it was tantamount to forgetting like a silver mirror. Oh, yeah. They were very, very, very more. They were much more elegant back then. Um, much yeah, like a lot like, of things were. Yeah, so like, because what you did is you replaced the uh, makeup portion of it. You didn't replace the solid portion of it. So if you lost it, you were like, that's just $40 at the window. Damn, that's a bitch. Like, ignoring the makeup itself, which is an R20. So like, you're throwing 60 bucks at the window. Fucking There's no way she left a compact. Hell no. So she eventually fesses up. She's like, I just want to see you. Let's set up a meeting. So they set up a meeting for the afternoon. And then we see the gardener watering the grass because that asshole butler told him to. And it's pouring it's rain. rain. It's pouring. <laughs> and he's still it doing is... what he was asked. He's still. <laughs> he knows his job. He knows she oh, like God. she wants him following the letter and not the spirit of the law. Oh, my God. Poor, poor Angelo. So then uh, Margaret comes over to his trailer and she asks. It's the next day in the afternoon. She goes over his trailer. She asks if uh, he really is in love with her sister. He's like, yes, probably. <laughs> very it's concerning comforting <laughs> yes very comforting so he mentions that it's difficult for him to resist a beautiful girl they end up landing on a proposition um i'm sure you, there's some lines in here that you you may have because there's a lot of back and forth it's so good okay oh no i, I have a little bit um so he offers her spaghetti that has rainwater in it because he got it from spike's place <laughs> right. and like he's like do you want this and she's like i eat normal food for breakfast <laughs> Like, she, like she has, she's have fucking having none I gotta admit, I relate, as a bachelor, today I ate Chinese food at 11. I hadn't had anything that, to eat. That's not rain spaghetti. It's not rain spaghetti, but it had been there a little borderline too long. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so far I'm holding up. <laughs> Wait 72 hours. That's how long it takes, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, in case you're wondering. <laughs> we'll see how I'm doing in the next couple days. Uh, and so she wants to buy him off. Yes. Um, and like, he, she's like, well, I like you. And she's like, well, I hate you. Like, yeah, it's none oof. of it. Like just strips as I hate you. It's the worst, the worst. And, uh, eventually they lead, it leads to a proposition. Cause she's like, what can I do? Can I give you some money or some shit? And he's like, no, but you could be my, um, I think there's a word for it, right? Like my mo my muse, 
Or like he basically wants to paint a portrait of her face and she would have to be coming on a regular basis, um, coming over. <laughs> uh, yeah, g- good one. Good one. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> okay, by the, way, by the way, that is how she takes it. So it's fair that you mention it like that because she's like, he's like, oh, I'll pick your portraits. Like, she's like, how? And he's like, she says this terrified look of like, oh my God, he means a nude. Oh my God, he means a nude. And then he's like, I don't know, daytime, evening, whatever the light looks good. I just want to paint, like, your head from the neck up. And she's like, oh. But she looks a little disappointed. A little bit. Just, yeah. She's like, she's like, well, I'm pretty. <laughs> like, everything is looking pretty good down here in this big old red. So, like, come on. Yeah. Um, and he says he won't speak to Irene anymore if they agree to this. So they do agree to work for three weeks on this portrait he starts uh, thinking about the background of what the portrait will be like what should it be with a waterfall all these different backgrounds and eventually she's just kind of watching him do his weird thing oh oh and he, at this point he's going through he's presumably going through his morning routine but at one point he accidentally drinks out of what i know as a barber as a lathering mug and i love this scene because at this point he pulls out the lather brush and goes <laughs> sorry <laughs> and uh, at some point she asks him are you using dope? <laughs> and he panics. And he's knocking over every single thing within like five feet of him. Like everything, yeah. like a hula skirt, brooms, every single dish. And he falls over backwards into his own bed. Yep, that was our that was our first look at. Okay, there's gonna be a little slapstick stuff. I I see you. So and it was really funny because I'm sure he does use dope. <laughs> oh, he uses dope. He also he, man, he dated some really hot women. Oh, yeah. Good God. Oh, he did. He got engaged, and one of them died of, like, septicemia. Oh, you mean the um, actual William Powell? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, I would imagine he definitely got. So, what, one of them died of what? Um, Basically, like, um, a kidney infection. That's not good. Uh, And, like, it's suspected to do with alcoholism, but honestly, she was a Broadway star, and, like, I just think that, like, she got so caught up in all that she was doing, being a Broadway star, that she probably didn't notice, like, I should probably take care of my problems. I've been in stressful circumstances, and I've absolutely i've had i've had a kidney infection at one point. Yeah, and like, and I absolutely ignored it, like incredibly so, despite the pain. I can imagine what a Broadway star would do. Jesus, yeah, just bite your bottom lip and smile. Well, I mean, you have to keep dancing, yeah. right? The show must go on, as they say. <laughs> then uh, all of a sudden, it's uh, nice and sunny outside. It's a beautiful scene. Charlie and Margaret are having a little picnic. And Charlie talks about how romantic the spot is, and he mentions that it's sacrilegious for two people to be alone there having a picnic and not being in love. He's such a romantic. Oh, oh, I have this, because uh, he turns to her in the picnic and he says, like, I bet you were a charming little girl. Yeah. And, it's a, and like, he, he turns to her and then says, like, are you a freckler? You look cute in freckles. Seems sacrilegious to be out here and not be in love. <laughs> He's so weird. And at this point, like, this looks like El Capitan, which is a campground in, in California. And this is uh, the world's, if you want to see the world's prettiest spot in California with natural environment, El Capitan, and then afterwards drive up to Hearst Castle. Oh. You will never regret this con- this particular vacation. It will be cheap. The maximum you're going to spend is $300. It will be the best vacation you take in your life. Nice. I might need to do that. I should have done that when I was there. So, um, Margaret at some point is ready to head out. and Oh, they t- start taking a nap, but, like, she doesn't plan on taking a nap. No. She's she's not the sword. And uh, she's, I think at some point he goes, well, I'm going to go to sleep uh, under a tree, and you can walk home. <laughs> like, unless you want to wait. Unless you want to wait. Which is a dick move, but sure. Yeah. 
because he's i think he's still kind of like look i like you but you're kind of frigid and mean so uh, uh <laughs> oh oh my god okay 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 so i actually have a good story for this so um i knew of a story of a couple who were vacationing in mexico yeah and so uh, they didn't speak spanish really well and so when they were communicating they didn't understand that there's a big difference between hace frio and like estoy frio yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so like the guy he's like he he points to the room and he's like like the woman comes to the room points to the room and goes estoy frio estoy frio she keeps saying this which is saying i'm cold yeah. i'm cold except for what it means in spanish is like i am a frigid woman <laughs> and so the the guy who like is hearing all of this puts up um a line between the room and then hangs a sheet in the middle of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because Hase for you is, is like, it's cold. Like, yeah. like I'm temperature cold. Please make it not cold for me. Um, and it's so for you is I'm frigid. So he put a, he put a sheet <laughs> in between the bed. Like in the middle of it. So that way they, <laughs> that's like in no holds barred and no holds barred. There's a part where Hulk Hogan uh, puts a sheet in between the bed. And then at some point, he breaks the bed. <laughs> it's so stupid. But that's exactly what I thought of. It's so sad that that story made me think of a Hulk Hogan movie. Damn this show. <sighs> I, just, I just had to share that story. Like it was, I love this story of like some poor person in Mexico being like, these white people need a sheet. Yeah, like, God geez, damn. They can't even look at each other in the eyes before they go to bed. Uh, so... <laughs> So that eventually Margaret puts a blanket on Charlie with a note to give him a suggested book he should read. Oh, do you don't you don't know the story? No. Oh my god, this is the best reference ever. So this is um the ant and the grasshopper. So the ant and the grasshopper is like an Aesop's fable. Yes. So winter's coming and there's an ant and there's a grasshopper, and the grasshopper's like, ah, it's gonna be fucking fine. Don't worry about winter. I'm going to just play my, like, violin. He literally has a violin in the story for no good reason. And the ant is like, I'm going to store food. And the ant, and the grasshopper's like, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill. And so eventually winter comes, and the ant's all stored up. He has all the food. And the, it's Aesop's fables. The grasshopper starves to death, pretty much. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, nah. So, like, it's talking about, like, actually being productive. And so she leaves this note, like, see the story of the ant and the grasshopper, because he was asleep. Doing nothing. Doing jack all. Yeah. And she was like, I'm stealing your trailer, bitch. Yeah, she straight up takes his car and trailer, just boom, just leaves. Um, at this point, I'd like to give a shout out to the person who does have my left kidney and go, thank you for enduring that one kidney infection I had. That's real cool of you. <laughs> Uh, so then, uh, so we see Charlie's going around town, and we we find that the butler is trying to keep really close tabs on him, like Mr. Bean level tabs, where he's just following him around. It's being terribly obvious. And uh, Charlie tricks him. He ducks under like this little, just past this little area, this little tight corner, and he pulls, steals the beard off of the butler, and he's like, "Hey, it's you." <laughs> Because it's a ridiculous beard. It's like, like it's honestly like some like classic Russian author decided to just wear his face outside in public, and someone decided yeah. to steal the face. <laughs> and uh, he tells him, "Hey, just to save you some 
you know, a little traction on your shoes there. Uh, how about I just call you every day, give you a little update of my whereabouts and what I've been doing. And he actually agrees to this. I guess he just thinks he's going to be as altruistic as possible about it. Like, all right. And he goes, you want a cigar? And he's like, well, well yeah. And Thank he gives you. Because I'm like, it's like, it's like only a few puffs left on it. He's like, there you go. You can have this. So he goes into, uh, he tells him, well, I'm going to go see Margit. So he goes to see Margit. Uh, by the way, like her little dress shop, I think it has her name on it and everything. So she's um, got a nice little shop there in a good part of town, it looks like. Uh, he heads in there. He has the beard on now. He's doing a beard bit. And he's speaking with like a Russian accent or it something. It is. It's great. It's terrific. And uh, her one of her assistants is like, um, she's busy or she's not here right now or something like that. She's and like, and she's super more. weirded out. Like this beard yeah. is off-putting. Totally is. So he waits there. And we hear this dude, this very flamboyant man. Uh, I really do like him. And he's like, the wedding's off again. And he says that he thinks that Margaret is um, possibly having a relationship with Waldo. Well, actually, he doesn't even say possibly. He's like, I think he's having a relationship with Waldo. Because he's been around for four years. Yes. Like, she's, uh, he's been living in that house for four years. Like, either he's fucking Margaret or her sister. But either way, he's fucking someone. Yep. And Charlie hears this. He gives all his stuff over to the assistant, gives uh, her his jacket, his beard, which is really funny. Yeah, she deals with, like, a champ. Yeah, and uh, he's like, just could stay there, just move your head a little bit. And he's like, what are you doing? And boom, he just decks his guy straight in the face. So good. It's it's fantastic. This was in the trailer, and that's why I decided this movie, because I really, <laughs> really like this bit. And uh, it's so good. And so yeah, the guy's on the floor. Then we see Charlie at the county jail now, right? And he's away. talking phrenology for people who don't know about the study of bumps on heads. <laughs> Waldo comes through and Waldo's like, I'm mad at you because you're not talking to my fiance, <laughs> which is so mo- so cucky. I-, I love it because he's like, you're not hitting on her enough. You haven't seen my fiance enough. Like, you need to pay attention to her. Oh, my God. God, uh, buddy. So bad. He's so he's too supportive. So then Waldo gets him out uh, because he's like, so you'll see her? And he's like, yeah, because he finds out that Irene's in his trailer. So he wants to get over to the trailer because he's he supposed to be meeting Margaret. Yeah, she's going to be there at any moment. So he races over to the he gets him out, races to the trailer. He goes in there. And of course, Irene's just chilling. He, and he kind of s- tells her like oh you know waldo's waiting for you outside you should better go I'm, i promise we'll work pretty soon we'll work and she says something like you're not trying to just rush me out right like, why would you no. say something like that now would you just please leave <laughs> so good he throws her out but unfortunately it's too it's a little too little too late because margaret does notice her leaving the trailer and they're and playing she, the fucking ooh. wedding march by the way in case you didn't notice oh i didn't even notice that oh, oh it's a wedding march not good so <laughs> she marches her way to the she's so good at being mad oh i like, love her wow you need, okay you need to by the way you need to see the thin man if you like this shit i will definitely it's this but with list. like implications of threesomes Ooh. <laughs> it is saucy as fuck for like the age it is so uh he shows her the progress he's made of the portrait as she enters the rv or trailer and he goes, I have right, I have every right to think that this will be my masterpiece. And she grabs the canvas, it slams it over his head through the canvas, and says, "That's what I think about your masterpiece." Like she's like yelling it right in his face. So good. Uh, he chases after her. We get a little slapsticky stuff where he jumps on the car, or he jumps like on the side of the car, and she tells him to p- kindly please get off, and he doesn't want to. 
She doesn't want to answer any of his questions of why she's mad. She's just so pissed off. Eventually, an officer on a horse sees him. She tells him to get this guy off that he's drunk or something. And he lifts him off and, like, with one arm, holds him up in the air, which is kind of amazing. That's a big feat. Yeah. Woof. And uh, Charlie calls the give the butler his latest update in the next scene. Oh, oh but, the, but honestly, the better part of the police officer goes, a red, eh? Like, because <laughs> if you're Bohemian, you're a communist, which I, I do like that little, like, oh, I, if you're wondering. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. Dude, like, communism 1938. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. I was just like, red, okay, whatever. I don't know what that means. I thought maybe you had the cocaine red. I didn't know. Mm. Mm. And so then uh, Charlie calls the butler, gives him his latest update. I, 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 I think he actually speaks to his wife. I, he I does. Yeah, he speaks to his wife, and she's like, "I'm Mrs. So and So," and I'm like, "I that saddens me that you're like Mrs. So and So." Yeah, you have to be with that guy. And he runs into Waldo, and apparently Margaret wants to see him at the dress shop, and Mrs. Bly will be there too. Oh, she's and the best. She is the best. And Waldo says that Bly is serving as a witness when Irene unmasks him, uh, which is okay. So he has this one-on-one -on -one with Waldo. This is a real. Um, you know, just man on man talk and about him not being t such a simp, you know. And it's such a Casanova club bullshit here too, which is just like I, I always find fun. But to be fair, like if anyone needs it, it's Waldo. Yeah, yeah. And he tries to teach him because he tells him he's like women. Though there is a little bit of like a little bit of weird bigotry or something like that. Because Charlie actually says women don't like noble, self-sacrificing men. Women oh yeah, because like civilized? savagery and yeah. brutalism. I, I, yeah, and I'm aware. <laughs> he says they're not civilized like we are. They like bloodshed. They like forceful men. Forceful men. Okay. Uh, so he says you look you look at a woman as if they are an, have an overcoat on, and Waldo goes, "Sometimes they do." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, a, a lot of them do. That is oh normal God. for this era. It's so good. And, uh, Charlie goes on to show him, like, it's like Hitch. It's like the movie Hitch. That was a good one, actually. I know it was bad, but I actually like that one. Yeah, there's some funny moments in it. And uh, he teaches him how to, you know, be more confident, walk assertive when you enter a room. That nonverbal way of expressing yourself where you, you don't look all slumpy and fucking just weak in the spine. So he teaches him how to own a room. And uh, then Waldo does his uh, big tooth smile, which is the creepiest <laughs> smile I've ever seen in my life. That's a murder <laughs> smile? That's what you see before you die. Oh, my God. This is the creepiest shit. Oh, he's just so bad. And then uh, Charlie makes a plan to, like, basically have Waldo come up to him directly when he's eating dinner with Irene. And he tells him to, like, basically get on your feet and blah, blah, blah. And then he'll say, Charlie will say, well, and he punches him in the face. It's perfect. He's like, but please not too hard. Yeah, not too hard. Not Make it look good, but not too hard. And I love that he's, like, directing Waldo, too, like, on how to say the lines and everything. Like, he can't help it. Like, he's always got to be directing people, telling them how best to do stuff. And he says, you're a primitive man yelling for his mate, which is so creepy. So then we see that there's just a crowd of people just watching all this entertained, I guess, inside oh, this place. Oh, there are. Everyone's just been growing and watching because, like, there's nothing else to watch here. Yeah, I guess so. And then after Charlie leaves, Waldo's going over the line. He's like, get to your feet. And he says it, and this guy goes, who, me? And he goes, oh, no. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's like 6'7". Like, this motherfucker ain't small, and he ain't, like, he's wide as shit. He's like terrifying. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he does have a good fade, for the record. I just 
his oh, fate yeah. is, his fate is solid here. Very solid. So then we're at the dinner with Irene and Charlie, and Waldo comes marching in, hat off, face serious. And she notices him. She's like, oh, he doesn't look like he looks like he's up to no good. Like, he looks a little fired up. She's already starting to get a little turned on by this. And he says, look here, Lodge. Get to your feet. Charlie stands up and says, well. And he, pre he presents his chin to Waldo, like, come on, dude. Just punch me. And no, he just goes, I just wanted to remind you of that you're meeting with. <laughs> That's oh, God damn it, dude. Oh, damn it, Waldo. You son of a bitch. So he walks away, hat in hand, and then um, we see that Charlie's 20 minutes late for that meeting with Mrs. Bly and, and, and Margaret, and she's getting all frustrated, and this whole scene is kind of, I guess, where the the movie starts to pivot toward, like, it's getting really obvious that Margaret has some feelings for him, because um, there's some moments where he comes in, and she finds out that Charlie had punched that dude earlier i forget what he is i don't know i don't know he's like a bookkeeper i think um that he had punched that guy for what he said and she's like oh you did that and he's like oh well chucks i mean would have done you know it's just something nice to do and you know he's trying to be all good about it but she like really appreciated it and okay. it turns out oh yeah and i forgot that charlie knows mrs bly <laughs> Okay, so there's a little, there's a little backdrop here. Um, so before anyone else enters, um, it's Ms. Bly and uh, and of course Margaret. And Ms. Bly says, "Where is this combination of Casanova, Julius Caesar, and Bluebeard?" Oh, because she fucking want like. And first of all, that is a that is a huge combination right there. That is sex, power, and violence. Yeah, and so I'm that's, like, that's God how Margaret damn. described him. Yeah, yeah, like Casanova, Julius Caesar, Bluebeard. I'm like, ooh, that is, that is, I get that. Oof. So the granddam fucking knows Charlie. Charlie comes, comes rolling in the room and, like, she goes, Charlie Horse. Because <laughs> she fucking knows this guy. And he calls and, her Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> and, and, like, Margaret's like, who, I thought your name was Beaver. Like, sorry, not Beaver, but, like, Lodge. Yeah. And he's like, no, it is Lodge, but she insisted upon Horse. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, at first, Margaret, when she first hears Charlie Horse, she goes, so you're an Indian. <laughs> Which, again, is a callback to the last movie we covered. Oh, my God. Remember? Yeah, him that's and his, right. Remember him and his Indian wife? Because they don't know how to say Native American, even yes. though, like, yes. Native Americans still use Indian right now. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, it's so good. But they have a very good uh, friendship there. Apparently, they met in Paris, and he was a professional guide at the time, and he would show people in the sewers. The fucking goes, sewer. I can think of no one better qualified. <laughs> she's so mean, dude. Oh, she's, I love she's this. She's cold-blooded. I love this so much. And uh, Margaret gets all fired up at Charlie and points out the fact that he's seen Irene twice already. He's made all these false promises to her. But all Charlie says is, Margaret, you smoke too much. <laughs> and I love this because Charlie already, like, he, from the minute she walked into his trailer, he knew what he wanted, which is why I said some couples just pretend they don't want each other very yeah. passionately. Yeah. And, like, this is him. He knew immediately. As soon as she walked in, he's like, ah, oh, this is it. I'm yeah, good. This is the one. This is I'm the... done. And uh, he eventually mentions that he did win a lot of money because she starts bringing up all the different places he's been in the past year because he has all, all this background on him. And he said he had won a lot of money in Monte Carlo gambling, and he headed to Berlin. And she was like, well, then why did you leave to Berlin so fast? like, because I made a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> and it's around this moment that Margaret finds out from um, 
one of her employees that that Charlie. This is when she finds out about the the thing with the punching. I'm skipping around and shit, but yeah, that was when she finds out, and she's like, "Oh, okay, wow, that's that's impressive." And he's like, "Because well, he admits know. to clocking her employee for insulting her, like, because he's like, look, he insulted you. I was going to punch him. I don't know what to tell you." Exactly, and he accidentally dips his finger in her pen, in her pen ink, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Because he's all he's all Tudor pale. Like this is the first time you don't see him being super confident and charming. Because like he actually is into her, and the fact that she kind of showed a little bit of like appreciation toward him, he gets all a little soft, you know, and goofy. So then Charlie asks Margaret if she's ever been in love, and she of course sidesteps that question and mentions to Charlie that he isn't the man for Irene. That that Irene needs a man that's already settled because Charlie mentions that a good woman to marry would maybe make him not be a player for once because this guy just pretty much if you're hot he's gonna follow you around and say what's up eventually mrs Blythe suggests that margaret should marry him and then she kind of like freezes for a second she's like whoa shit like, please don't, don't draw attention to this please like i'm trying to keep this low key <laughs> yeah damn they, they were throwing marriages willy-nilly back in the 30s damn well, okay if you wanted to get laid you had to f you actually had to do that so like i get it like oh like, that makes sense you're right like it's like, well, I want to fuck you, so I guess we're getting married. <laughs> so, I mean, if you look at the lineage of Waldo, there were at least two divorces mentioned. Yeah, you're right. So, like, that tells you how long divorce was before the 1930s. Yeah, if you wanted, yeah, if you wanted to have some action, you had to get married, or else it was just going to be a pain in the ass for everybody. You just got an annulment, and that way, God never saw it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So then at that moment, the butler dude comes through and he says, I found out that Charlie had a wife. And Charlie's like, oh, great. You found her? That was Claire. <laughs> Claire. Like, I haven't seen Claire in an age. He's so good. And she's like, we find out you have a wife. Like, oh, my God. Like, Margaret is so pissed off. Like, why are you being so fucking cool about it? You son of a bitch. Like, she just wants him to feel fear for a second. And he just always plays things so cool. And he ends up calling his, his ex-wife. He says they're divorced, and he just hasn't heard from her in a while, and he sets up a dinner with her. He does this whole monologue about how he saw – he was looking at a picture of a tiger this past oh, morning. Oh, okay. So it's great. So he's he's off on a jungle safari somewhere, and he's like, hey, do you remember me? It's Charlie. You know, Charlie, your husband. You know, we were married. Um, so remember, we were that one time in the rainy season in, like, Bangkok, and there was tigers, and so we – like, they're also snakes, and so we went up the tree, and then you were with me, but then you said you'd rather go down because you felt safer with the snakes. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? He hangs up with her, and he goes, ah, met her in Bangkok. It was a rainy season. It was great. Anyway, was I gotta great. go. He's <laughs> like, peace out. Like, I got, I, I have shit to plan now. He's so random. I was like, oh, man, this guy is just, uh, he's a firecracker. So then Margaret just tells, after he leaves, Margaret tells everyone, like, tells she tells her assistant, leave some aspirin on your desk. And she tells the butler, leave some aspirin by yeah, my desk. Because, like, by she needs so much aspirin. Yeah. She's not doing well. And uh, she said, I never dreamed that I would hate anyone like him. She said the ruder he got, the more considerate he got. And she's now falling in love with him. He's it's a terrible crazy. man. An terrible. awful man. Terrible man that I just want to rip his pants off. <laughs> So. And like, cause she's like clearly like Miss like Mrs. Bly gets this shit. She's like, oh nah, you you'd want this, right? Yeah, she, she knows. She's seen her. Uh, this isn't her first rodeo, you know. She knows what she's what she's doing. So then uh, this scene I didn't expect. Charlie just like goes in a Stonewall's place 
uh, which is Mrs. Bly. Oh, I know. God damn. He just wakes her up in the morning. He's like, wake up, Out of her own fucking bed. <laughs> it's her own fucking bed. <laughs> She's like an older lady. Like, she needs time to, like, you know, get warmed up, warm up the bones a little bit. She's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, she's all mad. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I would murder this fucker. Like, what the fuck <laughs> you doing in my house? You get the fuck out. Go outside, knock on the door. I'll see if I answer. He's like opening curtains and bringing in the sun. I'm like, you are such a dick, dude. <laughs> so she tells him that she can, uh, she can tell he's falling in love with her. And Charlie just tells her, I know. I'm here to invite I... you to our wedding at 3 p.m. this afternoon. <laughs> Because this is the movie we're watching. It's psychotic. It's insane. I'm like, what the fuck is going Because I kept wondering, when is this wedding stuff going to pop off? And I'm like, boom, it pops off. Like, everything just happens. With Charlie him. decides it. He decided the second Margaret walked into his caravan. That was, like, yeah. all it fucking took. And now we're here. Like, Margaret, by the way, is, like, her consent is basically, a, like, an 11th hour thing at best. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And even Irene is, like, not knowing what the fuck is going on. He uh, meets up with Waldo in his trailer, and he's he tells Waldo like, "Yeah, I'm gonna marry Irene at the you know at 3 p.m. this afternoon." Irene though. Irene, yes, because yeah, because he tells Stonewall he's gonna marry Margaret. So at first Waldo seems mad, and he's like, "You know what?" Or he's like, <laughs> he gets kind of mad. He's like, "Congratulations." Because he started. He always starts off with the same fucking speech of like, "You stand on your feet." Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him that he's a very lucky man. Charlie asks Waldo to be the best man, and Waldo, of course, because he's a total fucking cuck, agrees uh, to being his best man. Even though he looks like he's absolutely falling apart from all this, he tells Waldo to not drink anything. Which like... I have in the same text as, like, SpongeBob SquarePants at this point. <laughs> he says, don't drink anything because he's a very different person. When he drinks, and Irene and him don't want a scene at the wedding. So he heads out. Waldo goes home. He sees Irene there. He wanted to see her before she left. We get a cute little scene here where he wanted to just say goodbye. He's very humble. He asks for a kiss goodbye. She gives him a long romantic smooch, and the butler notices, and he's like, Whoa. Oh, he's like, oh, good for you. Good like, job. Yeah, get yours, girl. And I'm <laughs> realizing that maybe Waldo is just slightly – Maybe he's on the spectrum. I don't know, but he just didn't really have a word. I don't have a word for it. I just maybe they didn't have a word for it back then. But you know, they definitely just, didn't. They didn't. And, and he tells the butler, "Could you get me some whiskey?" He's like, "Oh, that's only for medicinal purposes." He's like, "Well, I'm sick. This All is right? medicinal." <laughs> cough, cough. Here's <laughs> a whiskey, bitch. So he goes and get him some whiskey, and uh, Margaret meets with his. Uh, Oh, yeah, Margaret then meets with Charlie's ex-wife, which is a weird scene. Like, damn, she's so intrusive. Holy shit. Like, that's it, kind of inappropriate. To be fair, like, this is, like, a great ex-wife. Like, this is the most honest oh, ex-wife. she's awesome. She's, like, minus Ms., Mrs. Bly, she's the best female character in the story. She is. She's very, I don't know, she's very just upfront and transparent and just saying exactly what happened and what happened with their marriage and not this is a woman she's never met but she's just very much you could see why her and charlie got along in the first place because she seems very free spoken and just kind of saying what she feels she's not trying to be beat around you know the bush or you know think too much about what she's saying she's just being true and so yeah she tells uh margaret like yeah you know because at first Margaret's like, oh, so he just married you for for your money because he didn't have a penny and she was doing pretty good. And he goes, no. She's like, on the contrary, actually, he divorced me because 
he didn't really want to worry about the money stuff and he wanted me to live that bohemian lifestyle with him and live in that trailer and he wasn't having it um or she wasn't wanting to do it and so it just didn't work and uh, and that she deserted him that the yeah. desertion wasn't his fault like she was like look like i wasn't prepared for that so i just left yeah things just like that and she mentions that the about the wedding at 3 p.m and uh, oh, that's actually, what wedding points out, right okay before we get to there there's a point where like margaret's like so like what happened and she's like look like i left him he didn't actually like want to be part of like my super ritualistic life where i woke up at eight and i had cold showers it's like cold showers what the fuck is wrong with you and she's like look you need to accept him as he is this is his ex-wife and she's like laugh with him cry with him but don't destroy the thing about him you love him for exactly yeah that was very very i like that line a lot because that is that is so much the epitome of a good relationship is you don't destroy someone what you love them for because what you love them for is almost always the thing you hate them for yep but you need to keep loving them for that core like if they're whimsical and occasionally it bites you in the ass like yeah it bites you in the ass but that's not you never hate them for it exactly yeah it's beautiful i like that i i at some point you know margaret heads to charlie's trailer he lets her know that he's disappointed that she'd uh, go behind his back to speak to his ex-wife Claire, which I kind of felt the same way to see. I was just like, because he would have answered those questions. He yeah. would have. He wouldn't have fucking lied to you. He would have told you straight up exactly how things went. And it turns out that he has an arrangement with the butler that <laughs> she, she finds out about it. That uh, he says he gives a report of where his whereabouts are. The butler gives report of where Margaret's whereabouts are. <laughs> like this butler's kind of a. Oh, kind of shitty. He's a fucking narc. Total narc. He narcs on anybody. He has no loyalties. So then uh, Margaret eventually breaks down because she's because she starts getting mad. She's like, stop being so fucking nice. <laughs> and I, there's a couple lines here I love where he goes, like, Claire and I didn't get along, so we separated. What's wrong with that? And she says, like, and he goes, what should I have done? Yeah. And he says, I, I don't want you to cry, Margaret. Like, because he's, he's, like, he... She's crying because she realizes, like, he's just not going to be this big success. But that's not really what she wants. Like, she doesn't actually want that. But, like, she's still sad that she's, like, giving up this. Yeah. And, yeah, she does question him about it. You know, she's she mentions about the money. And he starts justifying. He's like, well, you know, whenever I've needed money, he, like, basically I've never been – where I'm needing to bank for anything. He's like, he said, I've, I've hawked things. I've yeah. sold things. Yeah. He can sell stuff. He doesn't sell his paintings often, but they do sell when he wants to sell them. And uh, he mentions that, you know, his dream is to eventually be able to buy all those paintings back that he's sold because he always regrets it when he does sell them, which is, um, I feel probably the way a lot of artists feel sometimes. Cause it's like saying goodbye to something you put so much time into. But, uh, at this moment, Irene comes into the trailer with some flowers She's all dressed up, and Margaret tries to convince her to go to get back with Waldo, but she's like, yeah, he doesn't fight for anything. <laughs> he doesn't know how to fight for love. He just doesn't do shit. And Charlie says that they can stay where, they, where they're where they at and not go to, you know, California and all that and just be close to them. He says, I, like, I'd be glad to, like, I'd be loved to live with you, Margaret, and like have you live with me with us yeah and with us is of course is the afterthought because he already knows where this is going 
Yep. He's just trying to put in those plant those little seeds. And he's kind of like, you wouldn't want to live with me in this trailer? Look at this trailer. I got a gong. It's a fucking great trailer. <laughs> and uh, Margaret's like, mm, fuck that. And uh, Margaret withdraws her objection. She does withdraw her objection, though, to the marriage. Um, and Irene she starts said, and More or less, I, I resigned the grasshopper is her idea. Yes. And... She and Irene is just crying out of stress. Oh, she is because she she doesn't want to marry this guy, but she has to marry him to prove a point now, yeah. and she's not thrilled on the idea because like she still doesn't want to be married to this fucking asshole. She's like, this is a situation I did not expect myself to be in. <laughs> I thought someone would cave by this point, but apparently I'm here. <laughs> so uh, Margaret even mentions that she also is okay with Charlie being pretty much you know his bohemian lifestyle. She's like, all right, do whatever you want to do. I'm fine with it. Whatever. And then Mrs. Bly comes by and brings some flowers, and she comes in early, like you hear from Charlie. Like, you got here early, like shit. You're not supposed like, to be here yet. Shut the fuck up and don't say shit, please. Yeah, because she, she realizes that Margaret thinks that Charlie's marrying Irene. So she asks Charlie about it. He tells Bly that he's just waiting for Waldo to get there because he has a Because he's a, a groom. Yes. Wink, wink. There's a plan. <laughs> so this dude from the bar comes through, <laughs> the, the guy that, that she keeps calling an ape. And he's like, all right. He takes his hat off and he kisses Margaret because he's thinking she's the bride. And she just punches him in the stomach. Because, like, you kiss the bride, you ape. And he's like, how dare you call me an ape? <laughs> of course, this needs to keep coming back. It's so good. And he's like, well, who is the bride? Who do I kiss? And Bly's like, well, it's not me. I can tell you that. And uh, we head to the bar where Waldo's getting more and more drunk. And eventually. It's a nice bar, by the way. I would pay so much money to be in this bar. Oh, yeah, it does look really, really classy. And at some point he says to the bartender, up to this moment you've been feeding drinks to a mouse, a noble, unmitigated mouse, but from now on I'm a lion. Look here, lion, get to your feet. Primitive man <laughs> yelling for his mate. <laughs> he heads out. It's a good line. It is it's so a good. good line. The entire movie, like, I've watched this movie at this point five times for this particular podcast, and I'm just like, I like all of it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's not really, too, there's not really a dull moment at all in this movie, and it's not long either. It goes by just, really fast. It's just building the whole time too, because it gets more and more ridiculous, and the ending is like insane. Yes, it totally is. Uh, the dudes from the bar, just to add to the chaos, all the guys from that Spikes bar come. They get over. an invite. They get. They get a, a fucking invite to the invite. fucking wedding. All of them. And they're like, they're wasted. So, like, they're the wasted audience. I have been to weddings where everyone was wasted. It was not good. Oh, never good. Never good. And they start playing their wedding music, so they brought music. Um, I don't know what that song is called, but, you know, that song. And the judge comes to the wedding, and he's all confused because he was to understand that Waldo was to marry Irene. And Charlie's, like, basically this whole time trying to postpone things. He's like, well, I'm going to wash my hands because I don't want to get married with dirty hands. And Margaret's like, well, she met you with your dirty-ass hands. You might as well get married with – she's, like, this whole time Margaret's just saying, like, super smart-assy shit the whole time because she's not happy with this. And she's in love with Charlie, you know, so she's not – She's not doing great. And the judge starts up the ceremony again, but Charlie tells him to stop. Uh, he says, I don't want to get married without a best man. It's lonely. 
And Margaret okay, but to be before this, he's like, there are any flowers. And like, she's oh, looking yeah, around. This flowers. room is full of fucking flowers, bitch. Grab anything. He's like, those are bachelor buttons. I can't get married with bachelor buttons. <laughs> and like, she's like, I don't fucking care. Here's a, here's a bouquet of lilies, you fucking asshole. Deal with that. <laughs> oh my God. And then, um, so they're looking for a best man, and they're doing eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And of course, what we didn't cover earlier in the episode is there's a motherfucker in the group whose name is Mo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So when he says Mo, a motherfucker who looks like the Three Stooges guy, who was around the same era, by the way, goes, "You talking about me?" And I'm like, we're like, "Yeah, no, we're talking about you, but you could shut the fuck up." <laughs> and I like it because there's that one bit where. She goes, well, you, she's like, well, we'll get you a best man. That ape guy should suit you fine. He's like, I'm warning you. <laughs> oh, because this is going to be the this is gonna be the crux of like the giant, like awful things about to happen. Yes. Uh, finally, Waldo shows up and things are getting insane. He shows up, heads into the trailer. Uh, Margaret's like answers for Marie. Uh, no, he's yeah, he shows up, but he's not at the trailer yet. Margaret answers for Irene as the judge is asking him, like, do you take this man for your lawful wedded husband, whatever? I do. She's like, I do. He's like, um, usually? She's like, I don't give a shit. Just keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. Then after uh, Charlie is asked, he says no. And Margaret goes on a huge rant and tells him. She goes, she says, you've made my life miserable from the moment I met you. And Charlie says, do you have this? I don't. No. Go ahead. I love you. I beg your pardon? <laughs> I love you. I beg your pardon? Margaret, I love you. You big grasshopper, why didn't you just say so? I love you. <laughs> so good. Then Charlie comes in and he goes, Say, Lodge, get to your feet. And Charlie responds with, Well, I am on my Waldo, feet. Waldo comes in. Yeah, Waldo comes in. He goes, Say, Lodge, get to your feet. And Charlie says, I am on my feet. And Waldo says, Hold on to these flowers. And Charlie goes, Ooh. And he punches the shit out of him. It's so good. And he falls the fuck down on the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, this so Charlie's becomes, on the oh, fucking floor. This is a mess. It's insane. He's just knocked out. I uh, Margaret goes to check on him and see how he's doing. And he, she's just like kind of. Shaking his head, which probably you shouldn't do when uh, your man is on the floor. Head trauma. Yeah, don't shake his head. You know, maybe just kind of make sure he's sitting on his back, you know, laying on his back. Make sure he's okay. Make sure he's breathing. And uh, at that point, uh, it just kind of madness ensues. I don't know if you want to take us through all this. It's it's bonkers. It's just a lot of okay. So we cut outside, and apparently, like, some guy's like, I bet it's a dame causing all this trouble. And some girl's, yeah, you fucking mean that? And she punches the guy out. Then there's a fist fight between every opposite sex member in the entire audience. <laughs> and now, like, there's, like, outside of the trailer is a giant wave of people, like, Coachella-wide, of people <laughs> fighting each other. Oh, they started, like, a damn riot. And there's, riot. Ticket, there's, like, a ticket tape parade above, so now there's stuff falling from the sky while they're fighting. And you're like, why did you put confetti into this? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. But they did. They did. And, like, they're still playing the wedding march over the entire event. <laughs> it's insane. Absolutely insane. Even a hot dog vendor gets attacked, which is just rude. He does. That boy. Okay, hot dog vendors are the saints of all people. Hot dog vendors save us from ourselves and our own hunger. We should thank them for their very existence. Yeah, don't. Don't punch him in the face. You're grateful you pay them money and extra to be like, thank you for still coming here. Exactly. Because uh, we're assholes. Exactly. 
Yes, very true. So then Charlie keeps almost coming to, and he keeps getting knocked the fuck out because there's a big old battle between the ape and Margaret. Because she keeps calling him an ape, and so the first time, like, she's about to hit the ape with the guitar, but of course she swings forward and then swings back and instead hits Charlie. <laughs> and he falls back down. And that's a paint palette after that. It was just his own paint palette, which is great. And then uh, she eventually tries to, she's looking to swing onto the ape man, but he ducks, and the preacher, or not the preacher, but the judge, does a big old swing and bops her right in the face, so then she knocks out. Uh, Charlie comes to for a second with all the paint and shit on his face, and he gives her a big old smooch, and there's a bunch of shit all over her face after that. The this big old sign that says good luck falls on top of them that's kind of in the shape of a horseshoe. <laughs> yeah, which is what you did when you won a race. Yeah. And, uh, and then he starts, he kisses her, but then a fake Oscar trophy falls off the mantle. Or maybe yep. it's real. I don't know. Maybe he's one it of It might be. It might be from Godfrey. Who knows? Could be. It falls off a mantle, bops him in the fucking head. He knocks out. They're just both – it's so funny. They're just both knocked out with a bunch of shit on their face with it saying good luck. And the party's still raging on around them. Yep, they're still crazy as shit. Eventually, the RV heads out. I'm not sure who's driving. Who is driving? Because at this point, it's moving, and we don't know how the fuck it's moving. It just goes. I'm like, did someone steal it? What's going <laughs> okay, on? Okay, also, there's a crowd around them, so how many people are dead? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, the movie doesn't really worry about that because it's the end of the we get close credits and uh, we get some good good tunes and and as y'all know I do like to do a quick impression of the movies I cover and honestly we just visited this but I'm going to go ahead and uh, do it again this is a segment I like to call quick impressions quick impressions up to this moment you've been feeding drinks to a mouse a noble, unmitigated mouse. But from now on, I'm a lion. Look here, lion. Get to your feet. Primitive man, yowling for his mate. Up to this moment, you've been feeding drinks to a mouse. A noble, unmitigated mouse. But from now on, I'm a lion. Look here, lion. Get to your feet. Primitive man yelling for his mate. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, as you know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustaches, Brody. You got the full Fu Manchu recommendation. You have the walrus mustache recommendation for pretty damn good. You got the horseshoe mustache for not bad. And the Hitler mustache for burn this movie in hell. What would you give Double Wedding? I have watched this movie a lot of times for the specific podcast and just because I watched this shit full Fu Manchu for me because this is this is beautiful and it's classic and it's it's farce and it's yeah. reality and it's great writing and it is this chemistry between Myrna Loy and William Powell that you'll have for their entire career. This is on par with Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire for as far as like that spark of like at any moment they could combust. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that chemistry and I love all of this. And like, if you're actually sitting down and paying attention and enjoying the dialogue, it is electric. It really is. There's so much. And if, if they didn't have sex in real life, I just don't believe it. 
Well, I completely agree. I give this the full Fu Manchu recommendation. I think all the listeners, if you haven't already seen this movie, buy it, rent it, find it, give it a watch, give it multiple watches because uh, that's one thing I really like about these movies. And honestly, I felt very much the same about My Man Godfrey um, is the fact that they don't have a lot of back then. They didn't have a lot of things to distract you with to prolong a movie so really the writing the, the sex mattered. and violence wasn't allowed yeah, like it's... immorality without punishment was literally against the Hayes code like there was jack you could do jack all to make a movie interesting during this era yeah it was tough so it was fully depended on the actors the delivery of the lines and the actual writing and making sure the story was was succinct and this is a lot of fun, and like you said, Brody, this is one that I, I've seen it twice, and the second time I caught more stuff, and I'm sure if I watched it even more, I would catch more. There's, there's a lot of things you caught I did not even catch because there's just so much coming at you uh, back and forth, a lot of you know just witty banter. So well, I mean, it was, yeah. it, was kind of, it came from a play, so like this actually is a full like Broadway production that was made into a movie. That's amazing. I wouldn't mind seeing that. That would be kind of fun. And, like, William Powell wasn't what you know as stereotypically attractive then. Like, he wasn't known for having the sort of looks they want. Like, the looks they wanted back then were Cary Grant, although he'd be eras later, but, like, more like Clark Gable. Yes. And this man has a profile more on par with mine than anyone else's. Small lips, big nose. Like, it's not the look you're looking for. Like, you're looking for the American broad jaw, full lips, like like forehead that doesn't go forward or back too much yeah and he's not that profile yeah and he is that kind of guy that there's something about and i i feel like maybe he was similar in real life but there's just something about his confidence the way he carries himself the way this is nonverbal communication it's just all so it just 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 drips confidence drips swag and i honestly when he's on the i want to watch as many of his movies as i can before i die because yeah it, it is awesome to see this guy on a screen like i could imagine seeing him on the big screen back in the day that must have been awesome okay you still need to come back for the thin man series because the thin man series is based off the dashiell hammett novels and um, that stuff includes, because this is in the 1920s and 1930s, and, like, people actually were very much talking about and having threesomes back then. And so they make jokes about it in the novels. Oh, wow. And so they try to carry it over to the film as much as the, the Hayes Code allows. And, and it gets pretty lewd. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I think you'd appreciate, like, because his wife, like, walks up to him hitting on a girl, and she's like... I guess that's fine. And, like, it's it's a pretty cool fucking delivery. And this is Myrna Loy, too. Wow. Oh, yeah. And it is, it is, like, and if you think chemistry here is good, you should see The Thin Man. Because The Thin Man is, like, that's their big career together. All right. Well, maybe uh, maybe we'll be bringing The Thin Man to the podcast deal very soon. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll make it a little a little team thing. We'll see if we can find uh, someone else to enjoy enjoy some William Powell so we can uh, add to our party here. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably, it's probably going to be a super long ex episode, so be ready, y'all. Uh, My apologies to all y'all. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't bring Tim. <laughs> Not Tim. Never Tim. He will make the episode go 30 minutes longer. I love you, Tim, but you make it go honestly twice as long. Really. So, Brody. You need to stop that. Do you have any any plugs for, for this show? Do you have any uh, episodes you would recommend people check out that you've been on or anything coming up? Well, I'm an asshole, so um, I'm a blood platelet and kidney donor, if anyone is interested in those things. Oh, yeah, my, exactly. My, ha my handle on IG is uh, Illuminated Barber. 
And I'd love to talk to you about doing any of those things because those things save lives. Um, if you're not interested in those things, uh, I cut hair for $5 a pop, and I also do uh, corners and braiding for $5 a pop. Congratulations. It's a great rate. It goes up soon. Um, <laughs> I do this in East LA, so if you're interested, please uh, hit me up on IG. Hell yeah. Um, and you will definitely hear from Brody again on this show, and she has been on plenty of other um, other shows like The Bloody Bits and The Grind Bin. Uh, so definitely look for her episodes as well. She always does a great job. And soon on MP Massacre. Oh, nice. Oh, I love them. I love Vaughn. And um, and also, yeah, if you're in East LA, go get your damn haircut. All right. We're beyond the quarantine now. Stop looking all gross and weird. Just get your shit. All up. I have to do is dedicate my life to how good you look. And I promise you I'm not going to fail. <laughs> love it. That is That needs to be on a business card. <laughs> I like it. All right, Brody. Well, thank you so much. Um, hope to see you soon uh, when I eventually get back to L.A. and we can have a beer or something. Salute. <laughs> all right. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Thank you to all the mustachiosos out there supporting the show. Interact with the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now Discord. Just click on the link in the show notes. If you really love the show, visit the shop on Bonfire and get yourself a T-shirt. Mustachio Podcasio is the weird uncle of the Podmoth Media Network.